0: and his team got their you know what beat tonight and badly this wasn't just a loss this was a bad loss on the other side Caleb Porter is a winner
1: Should there be a more vile and disreputable group of men, I have not met them. These sounders are just the worst. Yeah, uh, Brian, this is uh, obviously your fourth MLS Cup. You haven't scored in seven of those halves. Is that how much of a concern is that? And how and how do you go about solving that kind of problem,
2: uh, Jeremiah? That you might stump me with that one. I mean, I don't know.
0: You
1: kill me. Portland Vanity
2: Soccer Podcast. um it's going is it going greg
3: all right so hey man you guys uh it's good to be back um josh isn't with us he couldn't make it but uh It has been a uh, glorious few days these past few days. And, you know, does that have to do with the fact that it's uh, two days after Seattle's horrible loss in the Cup? Um, You know, that's certainly part of it. Um, Does it have to do with the fact that it's a day after Burnley beat Arsenal for the first time at at Arsenal in 46 years? Yeah, I'm I'm sure that has something to do with it. But um, is, today is also the day that the electoral votes were f- officially cast. And um, there can be no denying the fact that we are going to have a new president.
2: I need a new set of trousers after all these announcements. <laughs> Insert
1: Ice Cube. It was a good day. <laughs> I gotta go because I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Can't believe today was a good day.
3: I mean that, and that just that literally just happened about fifteen or twenty minutes ago.
2: Yeah, I just got the alert from NPR um, and uh, was very, very excited when I saw that. And, and then, like five minutes later, uh,
3: Barr resigned. No, I didn't see that yet. Is that real? Yeah, literally, like five minutes later, they announced that Barr was he's going to be leaving like after Christmas.
2: Fuck that dude. And I can't even imagine who is going to be his interim attorney general. I don't know if he can do that for
3: well, they have know, a few weeks. Yeah, they have an acting attorney general. They announced his name. I don't know where he's from, but he was his assistant or something. I don't know.
1: I, I saw, I saw that release. I'm pretty sure his name is um, Satan's butthole.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <It's just laughs> Satan <laughs> hole. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, other pleasant things, like, how do you pronounce that? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Um, Schadenfreude, yeah. Did yeah. so you guys watch? I'm assuming you guys all watched. Every minute.
2: One. 100%.
3: That was, um, uh, well, let's talk about the fact that we made our predictions. And uh, we made our predictions based on the fact that we assumed everyone was going to be there. And like two days beforehand, we found out that Nagby and Santos um, had both tested positive for COVID and were not going to be in the lineup. Um, how are you guys feeling after that? Ooh, Greg, you go first.
1: I was feeling incredibly nervous. Uh, it was pretty much everyone's guess, top to bottom, that the crew's real strength is being able to control the temple, uh, temple <laughs> control the tempo, especially in the middle third. And nobody does that better than Darling Nagby does. Uh, so seeing two of their key pieces to how they play not be available, I was really concerned that they weren't going to be able to whip up another plan of attack in time.
3: N- and not just to, not to beat a dead horse, but did you also steal this from more Sonic again? <laughs> yeah,
1: <right? laughs> more Sonic hasn't <laughs> even put out an episode on this yet, so uh-huh. we're beating them to it.
3: Yeah, man. I mean... Part of me was like, oh, when I found that out, I was kind of be like, okay, now we have an excuse if, if if Columbus loses, we can just be like, hey, they didn't have all their guys and I don't have to feel so bad about Seattle winning if it happens. But I don't know, man. I, the other part of me was like, well, man, maybe they can do it. I know. They, they did not do well when they didn't have Nagby. But yeah, that was, I feel so bad for that guy. He wasn't even allowed to he couldn't even go to the stadium to watch like in a, in, you know, one of the fancy skybox seats or whatever. He had to stay home. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. And they had, um, somebody had his Jersey out on the field after the celebration, which was cool.
2: Dudes. I have been talking for uh, a solid minute, not realizing that I was on mute. I was like Josh. Yeah, I was like, Randy, you're being really rude right now. I'm trying to say something and you keep over talking me and it turns out I'm just an idiot. Um I was uh I was gonna say, yeah, I was convinced that Seattle was gonna mop the floor uh with Columbus after the Nagby uh news. And not again because Nagby's gonna score, you know, a ton of goals, but because he's gonna control the tempo of the game. And wow, was I,
1: was my my initial prediction is close to correct. Uh, yeah, but Columbus still managed to control the tempo of the game. It's just not the way they usually do. Yeah, exactly. Playing it direct and hoofing it upfield and keeping Seattle on their heels. Dude, they attacked the full 90. It was. There was
2: only one bit after um, the start of the second half where Seattle looked like they might be able to break into the game, and then it just it it floundered.
3: Uh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Did you guys were you guys checking in in the in the day before at trif at trifecta? There was like all kinds of you know there was a lot of people like we should just cancel the cup, you know, and it was like all right, they are not going to cancel the cup because the crew have two guys, um, and then. On the Seattle side, there were people that were like, you know, was that Rupert was like, oh, what's the big deal? Columbus Crew is going to be missing a journeyman midfielder, and so now they think we should cancel the, the you know, and it was just funny the amount of back and forth beforehand.
2: uh and dude, even the post loss, I've never seen such bullshit shit posting on the internet. Uh, Other than in Cascadia Trifecta and Sounders fans, I am not, generally speaking, a a rub salt in the wounds kind of a person. Like my buddies uh, are, you know, I I understand they're disappointed as being Sounders fans, but the 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 bullshittery or whatever word you (laughs) want to use that was going on in that message board was ridiculous Uh, and. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, again, what we're talking about, we talked about it a few times, is there is a Facebook group called Cascadia Trifecta, where it is shit talk amongst uh, Timbers, Sounders, and Vancouver Whitecaps fans, and maybe Vancouver uh, Vancouver Whitecap fan. I'm yeah, not sure it's if like could two or tour, three guys. Pluralize yeah, <laughs> their engagement in the board. But it was... I mean, it was pretty fun to watch them. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. it's a bullshit cup anyway, and your 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 COVID cup is fake. And I was like, you're not <laughs> wrong; it's fake, but it's basically like the U.S. Open Cup, so I'll take it.
3: Yeah, there was a man, and and the, and the the amount of stretching that some of those guys were doing mm-hmm. to uh, justify the fact that they had lost and are and the the COVID cup thing didn't mean anything.
2: Just it was. The mental gymnastics,
3: gymnastics going on. <laughs> it was like, yeah.
2: Professional US Olympic gym gymnastics <laughs> happened uh in their brains uh to uh to come up what they were coming up with. It's awful. It's like being in a flat
1: fun. earth forum. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the
0: COVID Cup here. is
1: bullshit. Also gravity's not real. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh man. Yeah, that's good times. I have uh i I used to be like massively active in Trifecta, um, and then the past several years I just kind of don't. You know, every once in a while I'll check in, but I kind of try to refrain from posting because there's not a lot of interesting things that happen. And then you get a lot of newer people that have joined that you can tell they're like new to, they're new, um, new fans of Seattle or whatever, and they're like they just don't know how to how to how to handle themselves um, and then they start bringing up the same old stuff. And then like yeah. every, every two years, like every, you know, like, Oh, but our stadium's
2: bigger than yours or you
3: know, like, Oh my God. Like, solid
2: bands, bro. Come on. Really? <laughs> that's, that's 10 years old. Let's move on. Um, yeah. uh, really? Are you an admin in that group? I am not. I'm not. No. Okay. I thought you were.
3: That's, that's probably why I'm not active in it because they won't make me an admin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man! Well, I mean, I am again. I am super pumped that Columbus won, and uh, from a just again, they're coming out of a hole with two you know main starters not being able to play, and to to dominate that game the way they did and come home with that score line. Just wow!
3: You so you remember when we talked? I mentioned I had my uh, shit talking post primed and ready to go um on the playoff match when seattle was behind by two goals um i didn't get anything primed until they were behind by three goals this time so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good yeah yeah
2: it's like you gotta wait until like the the 89th minute uh and then post it because <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way they're gonna come back <laughs> on a uh that type of uh, uh type of lead but um Greg, I mean, you sound very intelligent about this game and strategy. Is there anything that you thought was over uh, like what you what, what you took
1: away from their team? Uh there's a couple things. Uh first was the aforementioned just how impressed I was that Caleb Porter was able to get them on a clear uh game plan that they executed perfectly. Their kid who took Nagby's spot, I forget his first name, but his last name's Morris. Yeah. Nineteen years old uh youngest player to ever start an MLS Cup match this is only his third professional start ever yeah and he hung in there uh like like he's a seasoned pro super impressive
3: yeah he was good um and they've they've mentioned that like sometimes it's good for a kid to be a, young in that situation so that they're not afraid they don't really have a a grasp on how big of a moment this is and they're just in there Doing the best they can.
2: Yeah, it's like you get your first, you know, one of your first chances, or you said, like Greg, you said a third start. Like there's no, there's no baggage associated with that. It is like is your chance to impress, and he did it, and he bossed a team, uh, or took place, uh, or took part in bossing a team that were clearly favorites to win.
3: That was a shit. I mean, that was the same performance they had for pretty much every one of their um, Seattle had for pretty much every one of their playoff games, except. You know, barring the uh, miracle comeback that they had against Minnesota. But it was the same sort of listless, you know, I'm not sure we want to be out here or we're tired. I don't know what the deal was, but I I, I've, I cannot understand why those guys didn't weren't able to even get up for that game.
1: And it's absolutely mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling how inconsistent and poor they played throughout the playoffs and still got as far as they did.
3: So, um Schmetzer was taking some heat from that kind of stuff post game. People asking him about that, and um, he kind of deflected. You know, he's he's such a funny guy. He doesn't like he doesn't in his interviews. He's always like, "Well, you know, this happened, and well, we, you know, whatever you're gonna do." But um, somebody was somebody was kind of talking to him about. You know, is it a problem that Seattle can't get? up for these big playoff match, you know, these big cup matches, even the ones in, and it's been written to, um, even the one that they did win, they didn't really deserve to win. What the first one that they won. And he's like, wow, we won two out of four of them. And so it's just funny. He's like, uh, I don't know what he is. He's like, Mr. Even keeled.
1: So even keeled. He looks like an accountant. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How do you feel about your team playing tonight? Well, you should never take the standard deductions. You should always. <laughs> <in>.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that married filing jointly or separately, my friend? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such a weird, weird dude. It's like when you look at coaches, again, we were talking about um, Bruce Arena weird dude Schmetzer weird dude Caleb Porter is like a is a badass coach like there's swagger there's style there is you know he brings something to the table in terms of just being like a you know a cup of warm milk sitting on your counter so
3: Zachowani um wrote a good piece on the differences between Porter the differences and similarities between Porter and Schmetzer he you know p- posts coming to the Timbers and joining MLS soccer broadcast team or their, I don't know, the website team, he always you always kind of got the impression that he preferred his time at Seattle to his brief time at, at in Portland. At least I did. Um, it's nothing overtly, nothing that he did overtly, but it just seems like he never really made Portland his home compared to Seattle. But um, to listen to him talk about Porter, he's Definitely has a stronger connection to Porter. I mean, granted, they were call He was his college coach, but one of the interesting things he wrote in that article was when Zakuani made his first appearance for on on the field, first start for um, Seattle Sounders as a pro. Porter flew to Seattle, went to the game, went to Zakuani's apartment afterwards, and then got on a plane like a red-eye flight to go back to Ohio to go back to work the next day. Crazy.
1: Damn.
2: Well, another interesting thing uh, to talk about besides um, uh, Caleb Porter being, uh, I think, arguably one of the best MLS coaches. So I was looking at this. The last six MLS Cup finals has either been Portland or Seattle.
3: Yeah, that's pretty good it's pretty impressive for Cascadia.
1: I mean, Whitecaps aren't pulling their weight, but. Well, especially in a league that prides itself on so much parody to see Cascadia over and over and over. Right. I'm sure that's annoying Um, for the rest of the country.
3: (laughs) But yeah, it is favorite moments of the game. Yeah. What was yours, Randy? Um, Man probably that first Ryan goal was, I mean, the first goal, I mean, that pass was, was, it was a long distance on the nose pass, one touch volley. That was insane. And Schmetzer, or Schmetzer, uh, our friend, Stefan Fry, friend of the pod. (laughs) um, He, uh, he got a hand on it, but it was the kind of thing where that thing was coming so fast and he didn't have time to react. And he did get a hand on it and it it made it look worse than it was. It made it kind of like, if you, you look at it, you're like, Oh, you blew that. Um, I don't think he, I don't think that was his fault at all. I don't think any of those goals were his fault really.
2: I mean, he still played a great game, even though the scoreline shows, you know, three to nothing, but I, I totally agree. That first goal for Columbus, it's one of those things where you have to set the tone and uh, the Timbers do it All the time, I feel like, right? That's what I remember. My takeaway from games when we end up losing is you own the game uh, and just can't get anything to go in, and the other team gets a late goal, and and that's it. Um, But Columbus, you know, executed quickly, got it, and uh, I again, I am just personally excited for, for. My favorite moment of the game is just you know the the Caleb Porter uh, freaking out, running around after they win the. the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. good.
3: But He, he ran like it. the entire. He ran around the entire pitch. The, the sidelines pumping his fists and yelling, and you could see you could see they showed part of it on screen. You could see him, you know, he's yelling "Fuck yeah!" But you know, you couldn't hear the audio. Yeah. I had a, another favorite moment of mine. This was kind of like a more subtle one, but it was there. I, th- I think they were they were up three zero, and I um, I don't know how much time was left, but something was going on. And, and Caleb's looking towards somebody, and he, he he turns around to like hide his face. And as he and his face comes back towards the camera, he's got like the the last you know vestige of this like goofy like smirk on his face like he can't wait to start to start you know celebrating because yeah. he knows what's going to happen but he was trying to hide it like he didn't want to seem like he was gloating on the
1: sideline that's awesome i think my favorite moment was uh the third goal when uh Luis diaz who is definitely the best one-on-one dribbler on the pitch that day uh got down to the touchline and fought to hold on to the ball and totally you know Sebastian Blanco style mm-hmm. uh, got around the defender, passed it up to a completely unmarked Zeellerion at the top of the box, and you just saw it. time slowed down, and you could smell that goal happening. He had all the time in the world to pick out exactly where he wanted to put it, and as soon as that uh ball hit the back of the net, I literally jumped up out of my chair, spun around in circles a couple of times, and did a little dance
3: that was that was a good goal. I think it was a little bit harder than than it looked. I thought he I thought it was. You could see him with his hands up in the air, waving for it before Zelayaon even got it. I think, and you know, because he was unmarked, and I thought they almost waited too long to get it to him. But um, he had to curve it around
1: Fry to get it in there. He's 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 their record DP signings uh, spent more money than they ever have, and dude delivered. So hell yeah, crew for going out and getting that guy. There, there's a good quote from Porter. Um, I guess he scouted him, which is weird.
3: Uh, I, I would have thought they would have somebody else doing it, but maybe that's part of the reason why, one of the reasons why Porter wanted to leave more control. Um, but in this article, it's in the athletic. He, he is The quote is, excuse my French, said Porter earlier this week, but I just couldn't fucking believe how good he was to talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is the scouting, not, he wasn't talking about right. the specific game, but like, when
1: they went to go scout him. Yeah. Everything he does is in is in HD while everyone else is in standard def. Yeah. He's, yeah. Standard
3: uh HD crystal. Damn it, what's that stupid puppet movie? Dark crystal.
1: Dark crystal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, what a yeah. reference.
3: Um the other quote from Porter about Zellorion, specifically about that game was uh after um after the match, the crew, as the crew prepared to lift the trophy, Zellerian became. Vis- this is from the um, Athletic. Zellerion became visibly emotional. He shared that private moment with Porter. He said something to me that I'll never forget. Porter said he told me I changed his life, and I told him you changed mine. Oh,
2: awesome. so deep, yeah. so deep. I guess
3: I... he was he was kind of floundering in, in Liga MX for a while. I guess he said there was there were too many stars on his team, and he wasn't getting a lot of playing time.
1: Yeah, he was kind of a depth piece for Tigres and uh a big reason why he came to MLS was he felt that there was another league that he could really play and thrive in and he doesn't think uh he would become the player he is today if he wasn't given that opportunity. Um it's a really cool story.
3: So yeah, I mean that's that's crazy if a guy that good can be a depth player. Uh, I mean, surely, I mean certainly not every depth player at Liga uh, league MX is is could come to mls and, and become a huge success to the fact that's i don't know it's kind of interesting because people have been like, oh it's a much better league but not everybody that comes there comes to mls is a
1: success yeah and and so fast how many people come to mls and it takes them two three seasons to get their bearings yeah
2: a hundred percent that's usually the issue it's like everyone's like oh it's mls it's like a kindergarten league i'll go there and um, and own it, and it, it takes a long time to have the type of success you would expect from that type of player. Like, I mean, not that we need to talk about Chicharito, but look at that. <laughs> um, uh, Chichavo? Uh, Chicharito. I, as I was researching, um, the, the highest paid players and whatnot, $7.2 million is for Chicharito.
3: Flush
0: it.
2: Jesus. So should we talk to a crew fan? Do we know any crew fans? Oh yeah, I do. All right. Isn't there like who's that girl? Um Savannah? Samantha. <laughs> is it Samantha or Savannah? It is it is Savannah. 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 It is not Samantha. Um I, right. I was corrected on the internet by her. Um <laughs> so
3: <laughs> whoops, my bad. We should we should have talked. we should have had her on.
2: Uh, we could Maybe we we'll get a couple uh, Audio quotes from her But I am happy for Savannah the middle finger girl um, And Thank you for Taking it to Seattle For us We appreciate it Yeah So do we know a, a-, a Columbus fan?
4: Hey Hey How's it going guys?
2: Hey, hey.
4: Crew? <laughs> You do know A Columbus fan
1: uh, nice. everybody welcome uh my friend and drummer sean loafman um first of all sean you play drums yeah i do confirmed
4: absolutely can you count to four uh one two three four and on time nice. yes. Okay, yes done. don't okay. ask me for five through eight because that gets very difficult and complicated <laughs>
2: yeah
4: yes some rudiments and stuff and also yes you, you guys should have had savannah on um totally <laughs> there's still time
2: uh, so this is interesting uh, uh greg had mentioned you uh, and your last name of loafman and i thought he was making a funny and it turns out that's your <laughs> real last name
4: that is actually the that's, real last name absurd way a, to start
3: with the new guest is yeah, in yeah. one of his name yeah is that a columbus name
4: uh, no, that is just a, a white European hodgepodge name, just like most most folks. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I believe it's like German and, and Swedish, I th- or no, German and Swiss, I think. You, um, is
3: it like a silent A in there? Do you pronounce it like Loafman?
4: Uh, Loafman, kind of like a loaf of bread, but it's L-O-U-G-H. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, oh, interesting. I respond to a lot of uh, pronunciations of my last name just cuz it's there
2: you
4: go. I don't exactly understand it myself. So,
2: what was the best and worst nickname you received as a result of your last name growing up?
4: Uh certainly like breadman uh, was was uh the <laughs> probably the worst. Um oh, unoriginal. That's, that's yeah, worst. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it worst was Ohio from the
3: standpoint of not being very creative.
4: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know if any good ones came out of it normally when people just didn't try to pronounce it and just reduced it to L. Mm Uh, I liked that Mm
2: -hmm. one. So (laughs) I'll I'll take L. Have you,
3: how long have you been a crew fan?
4: Uh, I have been a crew fan, um, probably since 2006. Uh, and then I worked, I became like a, a diehard in 2008. Um, I actually worked for them. I interned, uh, interned for them uh, the 2008 year when we won the cup. Uh, oh, wow. And uh, got to go to LA. I got to see the final, got to hold the cup, which was great. Got to wow. celebrate with the team. What, what, um, and what, then was
3: I, your, what were you interning
4: as? Uh, I was a team manager assistant, so, um, everything not involved with the physical playing of soccer. So Um, jock straps and cleats. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Making sure we had soap for the washing (laughs) machine. Um, yeah, Uh, it was actually a little bit of everything. It was making sure you know um, the proper food was uh, where we needed, every, all the dietary restrictions, making people making sure people were legal to travel around the country because you're dealing with international players. Uh, yeah, um, dealing with um, some recruiting. Uh, there's a lot of players that uh, are are well down on the depth chart, and you're kind of helping them. Um, kind of shop themselves out around the league as well trying to get better uh, people who don't really have good agents or agents yet huh. um it's kind of everything making sure people you know pay their bills on time so that they can travel it was it was everything
3: well, um, if if they don't have a good agent did they they really think having an intern help them was gonna was gonna do better for them <laughs>
4: <laughs> well uh I think you guys already addressed it a little bit earlier. The the, the payroll situation, oh, uh, yeah, Columbus yeah. is normally right at the bottom, if not con- consistently right. at the bottom. So uh, normally, an intern is better than nothing.
3: Were you at uh, the uh, the match in 2015?
4: I sure was. I was right in the uh, supporters section.
3: Greg, uh, go we- ahead and insert the haha soundbite. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> uh wait, yes, it was I,
3: you I, that threw that beer, wasn't it?
4: Uh I was certainly in that side. Um I appreciate beer a lot and was s- shocked by how early everything was happening. Um and so I i still had I had just opened my beer by the time it was about two nil down. Man. Um and actually I've talked about this with Greg. Uh those beers were really large beers and they were mostly full because of how early it was in the game. Right. So, uh, while it was fun to, as a crew fan, to see a wall pop up out of nowhere of heavy projectiles about halfway through that arc, uh, it was no longer fun. And, uh, you know, yeah. that's, that's oh. dangerous. It's not exactly you, professional.
2: You yourself were being covered in the beer. Is that yes, correct?
4: yes, it was. It was all around. Um, and if anybody was there, I'm not sure if any of you were able to make the make the trip. Uh, everybody was kind of faded at, at the start of that because there's plenty of tailgating uh, going on at, at Crew Games. <laughs> yeah, well there was.
3: The I, I was there for that. I met some people tailgating. I mostly hung out with the Timbers um, beforehand, but uh, everybody that I met in the stadium, outside, inside the stadium, everybody, um, the fans. You know, I didn't. Granted, I didn't meet the guys throwing beer. At our players, but uh, everybody else was uh, wonderful hosts. Uh, I,
4: that's glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I, I've heard the same. Um, that I've heard the same from Timbers fans as, as well. That that anybody that they interacted with was normally uh, very inviting and. and you know, tried to welcome people to the city. Columbus isn't really a hot spot for a lot of people, so we try not to act like idiots when (laughs) when we (laughs) Right. Uh,
3: So how do you feel about a new stadium? First of all, how long have you lived here?
4: uh, I lived in uh, the Portland area uh, for about nine years now. So I'm, uh, depending on which Oregonian you talk to, I'm either uh, a native or one year away from being a native. Yeah, or or part of the problem. Right. Yeah, so we're part of the problem, exactly.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> like I didn't move here from California, so that doesn't count. No.
4: No, absolutely. Like I've been here long enough to where the the Max line uh had free zones. Ah. Uh, I still remember that. Yeah. Uh and so that's uh, normally that that either gets like a, oh yeah, you have been here for a while or I can tell if people don't know when that is that they came after me. Uh, so yeah.
3: So you uh, you think you guys need a new stadium?
4: Uh do I think we need one? Yes um i think I, I think we've always needed one um i think for a uh, perspective of when we when we got our stadium it was um you know, a really early
3: 1996 or something like that.
4: Uh, it was, well, so 96 was a league. We got our stadium in 99. So we okay. played at Ohio stadium, uh, Ohio state's football field for the first three years, which was completely massive. You know, that holds a hundred and hundred to 110,000 people and we're filling it with 20,000. So we did that for three years. Um, I think it was good for the league to finally start getting some, uh, Stadiums, you know, us being the first soccer specific stadium, it was a huge risk. But also, if you look at our stadium compared to others, it was a cheap stadium to put up at the time. So it was kind of a calculated risk. Like, yes, we get to say on paper we have a stadium, but it was put together uh, fairly uh, on the affordable side. And yeah. some of the other cities uh, and teams around that time have similar stadiums. So you can look at FC Dallas, who was the same owner at the time. Their their stadium is kind of built the same way, just kind of bleachers. Um, Chicago was the same when they were in Bridgeview. Um, so I think it was just like a sign of the times that right. that was the calculated risk that people were building at the time. It was still a, a league that was early. Um, and the unfortunate part about that is it ages faster than every you know all other stadiums. It's it's not maintained as well. It 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 looks older because it was built so early and cheaply.
3: Scoreboards um, catch on fire, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know, a
4: little added flair every now and then. Uh, as MLS fans, I'm sure you guys all know that sometimes uh, the MLS product in certain years can be uh, painful to watch. So why not have a exploding scoreboard every now and then?
2: Hey, that'll bring fans fans
4: to the stands. Yeah, absolutely. You know, see some pyrotechnics. Um, but I certainly do think that, uh, you know, a, a new stadium is 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 what we need and what we as fans have been asking for, shoot, since I worked for them. So over 10 years, um, we've just had uh, our owners used to be the Hunts. And, you know, they're a, a football, uh, they, they own the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And so they put their money there and they kind of side project the crew and the in the Dow, uh FC Dallas because they owned both of them. Oh, and so right. like throughout the year now that we have new ownership well now that we have our third new ownership um we got some commitments and actually are putting money into bringing not only having a better stadium but bringing a stadium closer to downtown because it was pretty far away um it was still in Columbus proper but it was you know 15 20 minutes from downtown and it's hard and it was um, in a ghetto-esque area of the city on, on that perimeter. Um, and so it's, I, I think it's a huge win for, um, for Columbus um, and being able to grow our fans. Um, I also think like it's good for uh, the United States men's team because they classically played in, in Columbus a lot. And um, with all of these new stadiums and new teams, they have a lot more options, and it would be nice to have a competitive field again. That uh, we get so, naturally.
3: So from. that stadium may not have been anything fancy. Um, I mean, there, I didn't have any. I didn't find it to be lacking in any certain way. It was just sort of plain. Um, but that pitch, man, I, I do recall seeing that pitch and thinking, man, that thing looks
4: immaculate. Our grounds crew is is. F- fantastic. Um, so they're so close to Ohio State, and Ohio State's uh, like turf sciences is is really great. And I know that they work together a lot. Um, and so our our grounds crew, I'm not sure how affiliated they are, um, or if I, I think they're graduates, but our ground crew is constantly winning, um, you know, a- awards for the grounds and its shape. Um, it's it's a great field. It's a fantastic field to play on
1: so sean yes take us back to saturday night when the crew gutted the seattle sounders Uh, i'm looking at the a text message that you sent in our group chat (laughs) and uh, it just says i've been drinking pretty hard and celebration super happy lol
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's actually better than what i would have expected (laughs) <laughs> Much
1: better. Than no, uh, where, where did you watch? Uh, tell us, you know, some so of your favorite moments of the match and what got you super excited, what you loved. Just go so through it.
4: Sure, absolutely. Um, so I watched it at home because COVID, um, unfortunately, felt that was the responsible thing to do, but did have uh, a, a manageable, uh, appropriate amount of people over, uh, some other crew fans uh, to watch. So watched it at my house. Um, I must say I was incredibly... Wait, hang,
3: hang on, hang on. There's yeah. other crew fans in Portland?
4: There are. We're gonna, may- uh, yeah. You're going to need
3: to provide a list of names and addresses. I can How- certainly do that. <laughs> How many?
4: Uh, I know of, uh, let's see, three or four others that I could...
1: I met maybe six or eight at um, a Save the Crew party downtown a few years ago. Right. So there you go. Six
4: more that I knew existed. It's it happens. I know there's there's one in Beaverton that I found on Reddit a couple years ago. Uh, we're out there lurking. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was uh, uh, I was I was clearly excited because we made the final. I think the 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 story our our story, if we want to get into it, was uh, shaping up to be um, kind of. Uh, Great optics for our team, uh, you know, going from the Save the Crew years to new ownership to now we're in the Cup. Um, I think that that's not at all what the MLS wanted because it certainly seems like the the Absolutely. MLS does not really like the uh, original teams that it brought in. <laughs> Um, and we're one of those, uh, actually there was a point in time where I was rooting for an all originals final cause it was Kansas city, Dallas, uh, Columbus and new England. And I thought that that would have been something that the league hated and I just would have wanted that, um, Yes, <laughs> it would have been nice. Um, but, uh, certainly scared of, uh, also the optics of we, everybody had the excuse when we went down to, uh, losing Nagby and losing, um, Santos Um, all of the excuses were laid in front of us so that if we lost, uh, you know, everybody's like, well, as crew fans, we didn't have everybody. So it wasn't fair. And, you know, COVID kind of raised up and reared its ugly head like it has this entire year. Um, and so I was, I was worried about that, that we were going to lose. And then we had an excuse as to why we lost. I don't really like that. I want us to lose because we were the worst of the two teams, not because we were missing players. Um, and Seattle is, uh, you know, uh, they've been to plenty of finals recently. They are well heralded amongst the league. They have the money in comparison. Um, they've been there before. Uh, it was just kind of, it, it felt David and Goliath esque. Um, Even though I think the crew has been a great team all year and when they are on and clicking, they are uh, certainly a a top tier team.
1: I appreciate your diplomacy in speaking about Seattle with Portland fans. They're they're (laughs) well heralded. Yes.
4: Well heralded. (laughs) Yes. You can, uh, you have free reign to edit, edit anything out. I say, and change it to whatever you want. So (laughs) <laughs> uh, free reign. There you go. Crew was uh,
3: sort of running away with the supporter shield in the beginning of the um, season. Until yeah, yeah.
4: Injuries. Uh, definitely. In- injuries seems to be something that, uh, I mean, everybody deals with, certainly. But in-, in the middle of the summer, I don't know what it is. We always tend to lose all of our starters, it seems like. We lost our... Our, uh, we lost Nagby, we lost our starting keeper and Elo Room, we lost Zello Rayon for a while, so we were just a depleted team. That forces people to play out of their regular position, you get some new faces in there, um, and that messes with you know your your chemistry on the field.
3: Room's uh, a pretty good keeper.
4: Absolutely. He's a, a, a huge pickup. I'm so glad, I think it was the Gold Cup last year, or maybe the year before, that he played for Curacao. Uh, never heard of him before, and he just Aced it that entire tournament while they were in, and we picked him up. So, <laughs> thankfully, Greg, uh, Greg Burhalter at the time, our coach, was watching and picked him up. We needed a replacement for Zach Steffen, um, and we got him, and he's been fabulous. He's been absolutely fabulous.
3: Yeah, that's that's pretty hard to. Those are some big shoes to fill, too.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
3: were you excited about Porter being named the coach, or what were your thoughts?
4: Oh. Uh... Uh, I wish <laughs> I wish I wish you didn't ask me that. Yeah. Uh, and
1: a lot of people in Portland don't love Porter, so go ahead.
4: It's it's tough. The guy is a great coach. The guy gets results. His personality uh seems to rub me personally the wrong way. Um so this is my own personal bias. Um and if I take uh, so uh, uh, again, I'm coming from working for the MLS at one point. I worked for Ziggy Schmid um, and he was a fabulous person and there was nobody too far below or above him that uh, he wouldn't reach out to and connect with. Uh, and it's just a different atmosphere that um, I've heard on his side, uh, on, on the Porter side. Um but you know we're talking sport here we're not talking about emotions so it's it's difficult i knew that he was he is a great coach he was excellent for uh his collegiate career when he uh, coached akron he then went to the u23s for a year um then went to the timbers and was successful with them took his year off um I think he was a, a, a he's he's a fabulous coach. I, it's, there's no denying that.
3: But according anymore. to Zach he's a misunderstood fellow. I um,
4: I I buy that. Full stop. Absolutely. I I think it's misunderstood. He probably is misunderstood, and unfortunately, as a fan on the outside, there's only certain segments that I get to see.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, and so it's kind of like an optics thing. If you want to be a misunder if you don't want to be a misunderstood fellow anymore, then you have the you know. You have to change that.
3: Right. Yeah. He, uh, but I also like think a, that that's. Go sorry. Ahead, go for. Sorry. Forward. You got.
4: Oh, I was going to say that's also probably part of his, uh, you know, his game plan as well. Come off kind of cold and calculated and and non approachable. Um, I could see that being part of the the psychological part of it as well. That's probably part of his game. The dude is a highly intelligent man, highly he, intelligent man, and that's probably part of his game.
3: He seems way looser with Columbus than he ever was with with Portland.
1: Yeah. He didn't even wear a suit on Saturday. <laughs> I very true.
2: Yeah, I also noticed that Mr. Porter has been uh, packing on some pounds, my friend. Uh, he had a, a fine uh, double chin poking out in that uh,
4: in that Cup final. What do you guys feed people in Columbus? Oh, uh, high fructose corn syrup and fast food. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fast food. A lot of fast food. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Um,
1: Since it, Randy brought up Porter, it's kind of a running joke between. Uh, uh, Porter and Nagby, and now Adi, even though he doesn't ever play, uh, that we refer to them as T3,
4: yes, or yes. Uh, Timbers 2.0. Does, yep. does that really annoy you guys? Uh, doesn't annoy me as much, I'm sure it does some of the folks, some of the diehards, but, um, you know, it, we're different conferences, and the only time, me personally, I've ever had a problem with Portland was in the final. And that's because of where we were at. We were, we were supposed to be enemies that day. Um, and since then, uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan culture person and Timbers fans have always been incredibly kind to me out here, uh, incredibly educated on what's going on with uh, American and global soccer. That's huge. Um, and they're always appropriate come game day. Um, you know, there's other fans that, and I I won't go into them. I'm sure you guys can lurk through all the Reddit and Facebook stories of fans that are just God awful. Um, and groups that, yes, LAFC, I guess I will get into them. Some of the NYCFC stuff, Chicago over the years, uh, you know, some fan bases can just be not fantastic. And, um, I will appropriately dislike Timbers on game day. Uh, but normally on those days, I want like a five, four Columbus win. I want to see some entertainment. I want lots of goals and, and go from there.
3: Any, um, um, anything else from the, the match that you want to talk about?
4: Um, I, I do want to bring up, so we lost, we lost folks. Uh, we lost big folks and I do want to call out the people that stepped up, um, Aiden Morris. Uh, uh, yeah, behind yeah. uh, behind uh, nagby not only did he play stellar and not and and i heard some of the things that you guys said previously about his age and all of that but but that's a guy that spent time since 2016 with the columbus crew uh, academy
3: all right he's one of those guys that was famously photographed holding a save the columbus crew save the crew academy signs
4: absolutely absolutely so and and we currently i I believe and uh i hope somebody corrects me um i think as of right now we do not have a crew academy because we lost that when we went uh when we were doing the save the crew possibly relocating so they shut that down and now we're getting it back um either next year or the year after depending on how covid goes uh in our academy you know we're a we're a, a affordable budget uh, club sometimes so our academy really helps us like will Trapp was from our academy um, Aiden Morris is coming from there. we've had some throughout the years that have really stepped up and that helps us uh, uh, Sebastian Burhalter Greg Burhalter's son uh, he's on the he's on the team he's a homegrown um, there's also so Josh Williams uh, on our back line he's from Ohio. Uh, I want to call out that I think it's interesting that we have so many Ohio guys linked to this. Um, and I think that that really is, is great for the city as well. And that just adds to the story.
3: So um, you guys have to split that homegrown territory with, with FC Cincinnati now. Um, do you, is there like, is there really, a, you know, is there Cincinnati Columbus rivalry? Is that like a real thing?
4: I do believe that is a real thing. Um, I, I know that is a real, it's a real not thing.
3: manufactured by it's, MLS.
4: It's not manufactured, um, and maybe
1: overhyped a little
4: overhyped certainly. Yeah. And I will say as a, as a crew fan, I, I love, um, watching them fail, <laughs> but, <laughs> but part of me wants them to be really good and successful because it will help grow that sport in that area. And, and one of the, the issues with the crew over the years is, is we kind of market around Columbus and that's it. I'm from a place called Dayton, which is about, hey, I've been to Dayton. Yeah, you I'm guys sorry. used to
3: throw a good skateboard contest. <laughs>
4: Hey, there you go. Cool. Ohio. <laughs> Excellent, yes uh, and and it's and it's tough. Uh, you know, the crew normally uh, in the past hasn't even advertised you know up to an hour away from from its its central location of Columbus, and that's still in Ohio. Hmm. and so like making it down to Cincinnati, we didn't really advertise there. And, and again, anybody can correct me at any time from the crew fandom i've I haven't lived there for ten years ish. Um, so I can be corrected, but, um, when Cincinnati stepped up, they got a whole part of, you know, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, uh, Southern Indiana, um, that wasn't a tapped market.
1: Hmm.
4: Um, and, and that's, you know, call that ownership's fault, call that TV marketing fault, whatever it is. But, um, I think that that rivalry is real because the crew market wasn't tapping that area and, um. You know, if the we new,
3: talk I it. mean, it seems pretty, in hindsight, it seems pretty evident that um, Precourt never had any intention of keeping the, the club in um, Columbus when he bought it because that was his, the moving it to Austin was written into his contract that he would have the ability to, to do that.
4: Um, isn't isn't that suspicious?
3: Yeah. So
4: I mean and talk about optics. Right. That's a weird one. Yeah.
3: So and I guess you know the league was suffering at the time, or you know, maybe they were just like, well, we don't care. We just need somebody to step in and run a team and, and keep this thing going yeah. uh, before we get our, our pyramid scheme fully launched. Um well said. But
4: I uh, I, I agree.
3: The the new owners, the new family you know, stadium shelling out got um, money for a world class DP. I don't know world class. I, I say that like
4: I know what I'm talking about for an excellent DP. For uh, for for us, a record breaking DP, we can call it. That. Yeah, yeah, they like shelling out the money.
3: They seem to be more on top of this, and so cheers to them for doing that.
4: I I totally agree. Absolutely, cheers to them. Um, you know, they're the current owners of the Cleveland Browns. And there's a lot of jokes that can be said, uh, about their history, right. but, uh, owning a football team, uh, you know, you have deep pockets, which is helpful. And in some of these small, small market teams like Columbus, deep pockets can go a long way and you don't even have to go that deep. Um, so it's, it certainly helped us really all that we needed was somebody that would pump a little bit of money to keep us competitive and we can do really great things. Um, this is a great example of one.
2: So uh, if if the crew would have moved to Austin FC, what would you have done with your MLS allegiance?
4: Uh, that's tough. Um, I would have been a WSL fan. Uh, w, yeah, um, a, a Thorns fan for sure. Actually, during that entire time, I kind of boycotted the MLS, and I'm not sure if uh, if... <laughs> if that was the right thing to do or not, but uh, I just wasn't a fan of anybody. I thought it was the, the MLS was a pyramid scheme at the time and, and wasn't into the growth of soccer for yeah, me. Josh
1: should really be here for this. You guys yeah. would be really bonding.
4: over Oh my God. Right. <laughs> Seriously, follow the money, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Follow the money. Absolutely. Um. And, and I get it. It's a business and, and, and all of that jazz, but there is a really strong community there and, and, when you move a community, you, you sever those ties. So I kind of went from liking the league and being an advocate to the league for, and then for that year to year and two, three months, however long it was, um, I, I was shut off. I was muted. I only paid attention to crew stuff. I only paid attention to trying to help the community where I could. And then outside of that, I, I, boycotted the MLS. I stopped watching all of the games. I uh, stopped buying merchandise. I, I I started going to women's games, and that's where I became like a, a giant Thorns fan now. Um, but I, I pivoted and went to, to women's and just supported them, and that was great.
3: Uh, you seem really intelligent. Do you want to and articulate, do you want to take uh, Josh's place on the podcast?
2: Yeah, uh, seriously.
1: <laughs> Uh, i have i have one question sean about the very near future of the crew and then we're gonna let you go sure absolutely Uh, so I i recall a day last year um last december we had band practice and you showed up absolutely livid (laughs) <laughs> because on this day was the expansion draft oh, mm. and Columbus once again had somebody chosen and I think you said Columbus has had somebody taken from them in every expansion draft in the history of the league uh
4: yes I do and please fact check me because oftentimes I I have it's a lot, it's out- a lot regardless. uh but but yes, absolutely. I think up to this point, Columbus was one of one of the only like was the only team or one of you know three teams that has had somebody taken in, in each expansion draft, and that is just bonkers. That's absolutely bonkers and tough. So, Austin's
1: expansion draft is tomorrow. Yes, yes. Who is leaving the crew tomorrow?
4: <laughs> so, good question. And I think, I believe, as part of the agreement with the league, Austin is not allowed to take anybody from the crew. Correct me if anybody ah. wants to do that research, but I believe they are blocked from taking anybody from the crew. Interesting. Uh, Very that was an interesting. Conspiracy theory to me. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and also, yeah, tomorrow's the expansion draft. Today, I'm sure you guys are seeing all of the different roster moves because the MLS can't wait to get to its next season. So everybody has to, you know, contract up or, or let people go. And, and what a great time for the holidays. Just, yeah. Uh, we'll see all people be watching. I'll be watching this Austin draft for sure. Oh, also I do want to say um, one of the big thing and, and I'll quit taking up all of your time. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> no worries. One of the things that I loved uh, after well on in the buildup to the, the final and after the final um, it certainly was the world against Seattle. It felt like everybody seemed in all of the places that I uh, read. Everybody was a crew fan for this day. And I certainly appreciate that. and, after the result, everybody has been incredibly cl- kind, including Seattle fans uh, that I've seen. I don't go to all of the troll sites. If you want to send me some, please yeah, do. They're pieces I of love shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Uh, hard to argue, uh, but I was glad. I was glad that this was a final that seemed to uh, not divide uh, as many people. People seem to really lean on uh, not wanting Seattle and just being crew fans, which was nice. Um, uh, I I really appreciated that. Uh, One of the things that I loved about the save the crew time was the fans around the league, regardless of who you were uh, rooting for. um, They gave us support. Certainly all of the Timbers fans that I knew gave us support. uh, And I really appreciate that. uh, You know, just as that's my local team.
3: I'm, um, I'm kind of torn about uh, Austin FC. I hate precore, and I want them desperately to fail, but I like Matthew McConaughey, so I don't know what to do. See. Yeah, what's it, like being, what's it like? What's it like being in a band with Greg? Uh,
4: it's pretty great. We share uh... oh, you know, me... music. You don't
1: have to say that.
4: Yeah, uh, it's pretty great, dot, dot, dot. Uh, I...
1: The real question is, what's it like being in a band with Corey? <laughs>
4: oh, pretty, pretty great, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the things that I love is is I'm learning a whole lot of new music, and also uh, I get to be nostalgic uh, with with Greg and Corey about the old Pop, pop punk, or or punk, or skate punk, or just old music from you know the the nineties, uh, early two thousands, and just stuff that people really don't listen to that much anymore. Yeah, Randy, uh, that was when yeah. you were eighty five years
2: old.
3: Yeah, I've <laughs> I've <written laughs> off the entire nineties.
4: I'm sorry to hear that. I'm very sorry Man. to hear that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be hanging out with them and and be making some music with them and 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 to continue to do that
3: well uh thanks for coming on man
4: absolutely thanks for having me uh um, yeah, thanks nice. yeah totally uh cheers go crew go timbers and we'll uh I, I don't know fuck the sounders and fuck austin i guess there you yeah! go oh, yeah. get behind that there you go <laughs> hey thanks dude yeah have a good one you guys cheers later
3: that uh yeah i like that
2: guy man what's he doing hanging yeah out i with know you,
4: why yeah why do we have josh on here what is what is <laughs>
2: you're <laughs> not really sure if his uh, benefit is any any longer.
3: So yeah, we were going to talk about the Ross removes, but um we're going to push that off to the next episode. Um we did get we do have a um what we think is going to be a new feature. It's called the uh TA up it's our board meeting update. Um
2: well, let's just listen to it. Um have you listened to it? I did and so I'm confused because I don't know who it is. Oh, it's Jeff Sutton. Okay, that makes way more sense.
3: So, Jeff is going to be paying attention to these to the TA board meetings or in whatever that is, you know, any of these kind of things and he's going to be offering recaps for us. Um, so one of the things that we will learn, well, let's just take
0: a listen. Hello, Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast is your 107th update from Jeff. Listening to episode number 22, the Crest revamping was part of the conversation. I've started paying attention to the board a little bit more recently, studying their minutes, and this last meeting I actually listened into the call a little bit. One thing of note, I'm not sure who this committee was or how many people composed of the committee, but the CREST was rolled out to uh, a limited audience for discussion or approval. I'm not sure exactly what that process looked like, but that did happen. It sounds like uh, the word didn't get out too much about that outside of those circles, it seems like, but I'm uh, not sure how much secrecy there was there. Um, the other things that were going on, with the board meeting, we're losing some board members and it's going to affect the regional support groups the most it looks like because Drew uh who I think is largely responsible for getting the TA their tickets at the away games um he's not going to be a part of that anymore so there's going to be a huge hole there and also another board resignation was Maggie who was a part of RSG support as well. So it looks like the board's going to have a lot of opportunity there for some people to step into those roles and take care of that. But, yeah, the, the 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 November meeting minutes did note the new crest rolling out. So maybe this was going on for some time and they just were kind of like keeping the lids on it. But that's about all I have right now. I mean, the, there is a continued conversation about the fan Laden. And uh how much they want to renew the lease for five years and is it breakable so they can move or so on and so forth so but thanks again that's my report for today uh have a great day, Portland Manatee soccer podcast
2: yeah so Jeff great update Thank you very much for taking the time to to call in and uh provide us with some information uh randy can you how how does jeff know this like what what is he what is he a part of
3: you can watch. he's not he's he's a part of our wonderful timbers army community <laughs> and a, and a part of our even more wonderful portland vanity soccer podcasting listening audience um he is i mean you can watch these meetings that they you can attend them on zoom um sometimes they record them and you can watch them afterwards Uh, the biggest news to me was that they did in fact Remember in our last episode, we talked about the, the new Timber's Army crest. They did, in fact, have some sort of meaning of the minds to roll this out. They didn't just spring it on on one person didn't make that decision, I guess. And to, to be honest, we're not, we didn't actually listen to this live. And, may, and maybe that's why it's pretty awkward right now.
2: <laughs> I don't feel awkward. Still like the Illuminati. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Opinions not changed from Jeff's update, though helpful.
3: Um. So yeah. Uh, that's something he has volunteered to do for us, and um, we will probably refine that and and make it more of a seamless process going forward. I like it. So, so that way, when we talk shit about uh, Timber's army leadership, then we'll actually know what we're talking
1: about. Well, we don't know about anything we talk about anyway. So why mix it up now? I guess so. I don't know. Your your <laughs> friend. Dang it! What was his name?
3: Sean, Um, he seems so knowledgeable, man. I feel like I need to up my game. (laughs) uh,
2: He He was knowledgeable, articulate, and confident. I am uh, confident. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, that was uh, honestly – Uh, Oh, I I guess we we stopped talking about him, but that was a a great segment. He was a great guest. I would love to have him on again in the future if possible.
3: Yeah. Uh, We have some uh, viewer uh, mail. Did you guys see that? I did. It was pretty freaking awesome. You want to read it? I do want to read it. It's, uh, hey, fellas, first off, I have to apologize for not sending praise earlier. I love new pods about the timbers as a general rule, and I like to be an encouraging voice even when things are getting started. And it's not clear if the pod is going to go anywhere. Well, we're never clear if we're going to go anywhere. Um, Second off, you guys are really finding your voice these last five or so episodes, and the pod is really solid. We always give it a full listen, but honestly, I feel like you've really found the groove, and I'm glad you're staying with it. Hope to hear from you more in the future. Now, the point of my email, thank you for talking about the crest and the associated rollout the way you did. You captured a lot of what was on my mind and brought a lot of perspectives that I hadn't considered. I'm firmly in your camp. It's fine that it's changed, but the way it changed and what they changed, it to is sloppy at best and certainly amateurish. It's easy to be diggish Monday morning quarterbacks. That's not what the conversation you put out was. Uh, Happy to have your voices in the community. Sign me up for booty shorts and bikini car wash. Um, That's
2: where I – yeah. You had me at hello at that part. (laughs)
1: Uh, From McG. Thank you, McG. That's super awesome. And I think we sent him some stickers as a thank you. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. So if you also would like your own very own Portland Vanity stickers, send us an email or a voicemail or say something, you know. Not too mean.
2: I also would like to point out, and Greg, this is a a bit of praise for you. Uh, He says we feels like we're finally getting into our groove is when you have joined us in a much more formal approach. So uh, I would like to thank you for bringing your wit and humor And you are apparently growing soccer knowledge.
1: uh, Can you say that slightly louder? I don't think Randy heard (laughs) you.
3: Well, yeah, because when I read that and I started thinking, well, what have we been doing for five episodes? Because I thought we were pretty good before. And then, well, that's about at the time that that Greg joined us. And then my first thought was, this is a fake email. Greg sent it. I I, I totally thought that. All right. We have anything else that we want to talk about before we go? I believe Stephanie also sent us uh,
1: a voicemail and she also
2: celebrated a birthday.
1: Is it about us not pronouncing? That's exactly what it is about. And it is Steph's birthday today as we were recording. So happy birthday. Steph. Happy birthday.
3: Oh, happy yesterday. Birthday. By the time you hear this, happy birthday yesterday.
2: I would like to deeply apologize for not making the zoom call. As I'm sure, you know, about me through many social engagements, I will commit to making them and then completely forget and then not go. So, um, I apologize, Stephanie. I uh, I will Zoom you uh, and send you a happy birthday, and maybe we'll have a scotch at some point soon.
0: Yes, this is Stephanie Lawless, and I heard this is a PSVP complaint line. I mean,
1: why else would you dedicate a phone line for call Nobody probably cares anyways. Since Greg was practically begging me to call-in in a response, here I am, wasting my time. Speaking of Greg, I'm squarely blaming him for my loon's collapse versus Seattle. He knew exactly what he was doing, speaking fondly of them perfectly out of spite. Anyways, his name is pronounced Alhas Ivacich.
0: Do a bit of homework first, you amateurs.
1: Signing off, Stephanie.
3: That's it, man. So uh you get a hold of us on Facebook, Portland Vanity at gmail.com uh soundcloud itunes etc etc
2: closing song is (laughs) wait a minute hold on a second for all the shit talking that you do on josh for not knowing how to do that that was
1: terrible (laughs) that's that part's not my job man that's not my job that's fair uh greg can you uh take us home on that one thank you Email us, portlandvanity, at gmail.com. The voicemail is 503-583-4235. We're on Facebook at Portland Vanity, Twitter, PDXvanitySoccer.com. Find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and Jonathan's mom.
3: <laughs> Closing song, My City Was Gone by The Pretenders, a great band with a member
1: from Ohio. All, All right. Okay, well, I love you guys.
3: I love you too, Jonathan.
1: Love you. I'm pushing stop now. Okay.
2: Uh, this is for for the outtakes post. Uh, Randy is a bitch. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: so, uh, man, Randy, look, I don't like Hawthorne Heights. That band is complete garbage. Sure. Um, uh, however, let's make a it point very, of them
3: in the entrance in the in the in the podcast then if they're so bad because it it it's still relevant. It doesn't have to be good. Well, my my biggest. Uh, complaint about that was is that you couldn't even really tell what it was.
2: That's fair. Well, everybody I, under the age of
3: forty three knows what it is. <laughs> okay. uh, like I said, it happened in the nineties. It doesn't mean anything. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Great. Like, let's do some music, man. Let's give you pretty like Skinner. Mean, there's or so like many,
3: there. so many places you could go, and I mean, yeah, okay. I mean,
2: did you know that Randy hates fun? mediocrity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like Randy's like, send us an email. That's, Portland that's, that's good. It's good. G- all right. Got the email address right. I I don't know, man. That makes me nervous that he resigned because whoever they're going to put in his place is going to be a rubber stamp for whatever crazy shit Trump tries to pull in the end of the, uh, this even, administration. Even but more of a rubber stamp? Let it go down like the Hindenburg, my friend. Let's yeah. do it. We got time for that this episode? I still have uh, a solid like 20 minutes before I have something to do. So I think we can uh, certainly uh, talk Greg? about it. Is Greg still here? Um, He has himself on mute. I wonder if he left. Um, I do not know. Greg, are you here? Gregory, I heard your music playing days are fantastic, and that Corey is interesting. <laughs> Maybe Greg's pooping? Greg, can you give us a sign? Because if right. we're done, I'm just going to hang out, because I would—I actually do have shit to do. You don't have anything to do. Short, have shit, to do. Short timer. Oh, dude, you should have smelled the poop that I made earlier. Oh, my lord. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs>
1: I do uh, to do. Okay, we're listening. Hey, you're back. Where did you go? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I tried to sneak in a pee. Uh, that was an awfully long piss. Well, and then I came back, but you guys were talking, so I just stayed quiet.
3: Today, Junior? The MLS, the MLS, the MLS, the MLS,
2: the MLS, the MLS, the MLS, the MLS.
1: The MLS. The
0: MLS. Fist in the MLS.
2: Fuck this
3: shit. The MLS. The MLS.
0: Fuck you and who you came with.